0: A very good morning to you. Can I bid you all welcome to Brighton Road on this, the third Sunday in Advent. It's a communion service delighted that you can join us here and a warm welcome to those of you joining us online as well. I'm going to ask Deborah if she'll come and talk for a couple of moments about next week, which is our Christingle service. Thanks, Deborah.
1: Hazards. Um, it's an ideal opportunity to bring people. Um, it would be lovely to see the church absolutely, absolutely full um, of people. So please have a think about who you could invite: uh, your neighbours, your friends, your work colleagues. Uh, this is entry-level church. It's completely unthreatening. There will be carols that people know. There won't be any, you know, worrying about when to stand up and sit down or any of that stuff that often puts people off from coming. And everybody likes going to church at Christmas. It's a really good excuse to get people through the doors. Um, Whilst you're thinking about that, um, we will also be having um, a collection for the Children's Society uh, during the service. And if you'd like to prepare for that, um, then please do take a collection cube of hope to make up at home. Uh, There's a couple left already made up if you want to grab those. Or there are some candles uh, to fill as well with loose change or cash, or notes, or checks, or you know whatever whatever you want to put in there. Uh, we will take your money in any form, um, and everything that we, we collect next Sunday morning will go to the Children's Society, who do really good work uh, with vulnerable and disadvantaged children and young people um, across the country. So it's a great uh, charity to support. So please do um, think. If you can come, please do. If you can bring people, please do. If you can bring your cube back, build. Please
0: do. Thanks very much. I'm not taking anything away from what Deborah just said. It is, of course, Carols by Candlelight on Sunday night as well. You could come to church twice on the same day. What a radical idea is that? Uh, But we'll be celebrating Jesus' birth on Sunday night with Carols by Candlelight as well. And I look forward to welcoming you next week at one of those services. The Carols by Candlelight service will be streamed next week, but the Christingal service won't be, for the benefit of those of you watching online. It's not quite Christmas yet. Uh, we are still in the build-up to Christmas. We're still in Advent, the season of preparation. And our call to worship is taken from Zephaniah, chapter 3. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He's turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day they will say to Jerusalem, Don't fear, O Zion. Don't let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Stand and sing together. When I was lost, you came and rescued me. Screen, we say together the words in yellow. Lord, when we see people who are hurting being healed, we thank you for being there. When we see people who are weak being made strong, we thank you for being there. When we see anyone who is feeling low or lifted up, we thank you for being there. When we know that we are doing your will, we thank you for being there. And whenever we feel that we are in a dark place, we thank you for being there. Amen. On the screen is an image and a couple of words from the song we've just sung, Rescued. Um, When I was lost, you came and rescued me, reached down into the pit and lifted me, and now I stand firm, on this rock. These are images, these are pictures of what it means to be saved. These are pictures of what Christ has done for us. The writer of the song has taken this image. I felt lost, but you found me. I was in a pit, you rescued me. I'm standing in a good place now. A question for you. William's going to come and grab the microphone from Louise. What has Jesus done for you? How would you put it in your own words? And how does that make you feel? You might say, I was lost, I've been found, I was in a pit, I've been lifted up. What has Jesus done for you? And how is it making you feel? Any any suggestions at all? Ooh, putting you on the spot now. Here we go, over here, Lila, thank you.
1: He's he made me have a good family.
0: He's given you a good family. Fantastic. How does that make you feel?
1: Happy. Happy, fantastic. Okay,
0: anything else? I've got one. I'll do it from here. (laughs) I'm a much nicer person than I otherwise would be, which makes me and everybody else relieved. Uh, Gainer.
1: He's always been with me, through thick and thin, he's always been there.
0: And how do you feel about that?
1: So relieved and glad.
0: Relieved, he's always been with you through thick and thin in every situation. Okay, anybody else? Okay, thank you, Ken. Certainty about the future and the peace that comes with that. Peace that comes from a certainty about the future. Confidence that God's (laughs) got the future for us. Fantastic, thank you. Anybody else? Yes, Mary, thank you.
2: always guided me from step to step.
0: And how do you feel about that?
2: Uh, That's given me confidence.
0: Uh, Guidance. Guidance has given you confidence. Okay, one more. Opportunity going. Going. Yes, here we go. Thank you. Lovely.
1: I've got a friend that I can always talk to about anything and everything in every situation.
0: Okay, and that makes you feel...
1: It makes me feel
0: loved. Okay, you're loved because you've got a friend you can always talk to. Fantastic, thank you. Our next song is a response to what Jesus has done for us. It makes the writer so excited he wants to jump up and down. Uh, I'm going to invite you to stand. I'm going to jump up and down the front. We've done this before. If you want to join in, you are welcome to do so. If you just want to watch, you can. Okay, but I'm going to jump up and down. I'm going to spin right around. I'm going to praise your name forever. If you can remember how this goes, you can follow the actions with me. Okay, fine. Can we have the next PowerPoint up please? If you're following Jesus, he knows where you need to be, and he's going to get you there. we have a PowerPoint for this? Yes, here we go. If you're following Jesus, he knows where you need to be, he's going to get you there, he knows the path you need to take. Ben, I'm going to like Ben Fisher to come and share with us what God has laid on your heart about straight paths, John the Baptist and Advent. Ben, over to you.
3: Um, We're on to the third Sunday of Advent, very exciting. Um, And Advent is often a time of preparation, and during the weeks leading up to Christmas, we begin to prepare in many ways. We may put up our decorations and make plans to see friends and family, but Advent is also a time for a deeper, more spiritual element. Advent is a time of anticipation and preparation, but not in action. Preparation is quite different to waiting, although I think the two are quite often confused. There is one key difference between preparation and waiting. Waiting is more passive, whereas preparation is active. As we ready ourselves for the celebration of Christmas, the arrival of Jesus for the first time, we should also be looking forward to his second and thinking about how we could do this actively. Someone who played an active part in preparing the way for Jesus 2,000 years ago was John the Baptist, John the Baptist was born a few months before Jesus, and he had a large role in preparing the way for him. His role was prophesied in Isaiah 3, where it says that there would be a voice of one calling, in the wilderness prepare a way for the Lord, make straight a desert highway for God. The angel Gabriel said of John the Baptist before he was born that he would go on behalf of the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the lord it was this verse that initially got me into thinking about the importance of preparation both the importance of preparation then but also the importance of preparation now i really love the imagery here in isaiah this idea of making a straight highway in the desert for the lord and this was what john the baptist did Before it was time for Jesus to begin his ministry, John the Baptist traveled throughout the area surrounding the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, making paths straight and readying the hearts of the people for the Lord. He preached a baptism of water whilst continually pointing to the baptism of fire that was yet to come. God used him to lay the groundwork for everything that he would come to do through his son Jesus. I think we have a very similar role in preparing the way for the Lord. Um, Just as he tried to prepare the hearts of the people to accept the Lord, so should we. Just as he preached a baptism of water, so should we. Just as everything he did pointed to Jesus, everything we do should point to him also. As Christians, we have a key role in making straight a desert highway for the Lord. There is only one difference between what John the Baptist did and what we do. As he preached, John the Baptist pointed forwards he pointed forwards to miracles yet to be performed a savior yet to save what he offered was a baptism in water with the promise of a future baptism in fire whereas we get to point back back to miracles already performed the life death and resurrection of jesus that has already saved us because all the things helped to prepare for all the things he helped prepare for have now already happened and we get to tell people about them so before we light the advent candles I would just like to encourage you to, with this: we no longer need to be waiting. Jesus has already come; we have already been saved; our debt has already been paid. We do not have to wait with anticipation of what may happen, because it already has. The way was prepared then, and so too now. We should be preparing the way. This was why we should. This is why we should not be waiting to tell people about this message of joy. The Christmas message is a story of answered promises. The promise of a saviour answered in Jesus. We are not waiting for this promise to be answered anymore. It is a promise that has already been fulfilled through the birth of Jesus. Because of this, we do not need to be waiting anymore. But we do still need to prepare. Because just as Jesus came before, he will come again. Um, and we're going to do the advent candles now. And dad's going to help me very kindly. He He did volunteer.
0: words on the screen.
4: <coughs> the wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. A highway will be there, and it will be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but, that it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveller, not even fools, shall go astray. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return, and come to Zion with singing, Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads, and they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. The prophet Isaiah tells us about the joy of ascending to God's house. The prophet tells us to imagine being set free being unburdened, being 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 released to to live, and fully live live in in the grace and wonder of life life itself, surrounded by by those who love us like no one else. else. And then then he he tells us, the the journey to get there is just as much a joy. The psalmist says, Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord, who made heaven and earth who keeps faith, who executes justice, gives food, sets prisoner free, opens eyes, lifts up, watches over, upholds. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord.
0: We light these candles, candles, the candle candle of of
4: joyous hope, of of proclaiming peace, and of deep and everlasting everlasting joy, as As a a sign that we are those who walk, walk with us to in our step, step because, because we, we can, can see, see the destination, the destination and, and it is pure joy. We are, are ascending, ascending
0: to God's, God's promise. <clears throat> is it not playing ball, that one?
3: It's just a very, very small thing. I'll
0: try not to breathe, on went too hard. As God leads us, we, we, we ask for his prayer and guidance and provision for the journey. Father, hear the prayer we offer, not for ease, that prayer shall be. And as we sing this, children and young people, can I invite you to go out to BRBK and may God bless you in your session upstairs. Thank you.
5: The first reading is taken from Philippians chapter 4 verses 4 to 7. Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanks present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus
0: Spend a moment in quiet and just allow the peace of God to fill your hearts and your minds, blanketing your anxieties and your fears and your stresses, bringing his calm into your life and into your situation. Father, we thank you for your promise. Would you give to us and to all your people your peace in times of anxiety? Courage in times of hardship. Patience in times of uncertainty. And a quiet trust in your wisdom and love whatever happens. In Jesus' name. Amen. And in that spirit of prayer, let's let's sing again. May the mind of Christ my Saviour live in me from day to day.
5: second reading is from Matthew chapter 11 verses 2 to 11. When John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to him to ask him, are you the one who was to come or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. I tell you the truth. Among those born of women, There has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he.
0: Let's pray. Lord, in this time of Advent... We wait, but we do so with expectation. And we don't wait idly. We fix our eyes upon you. We expect your presence. We seek to live our lives for you and to work with you. We thank you for the fulfilled promise. Of Jesus coming to be the Christ, the saviour of the world. And we wait for the fulfilment of further promises. The permanent coming of your kingdom when he returns in glory. And as we wait, we lift to you those grappling with circumstances outside of their control. Those who feel that life is passing them by. Those who are waiting for a hope that never comes. Be with them in the present, we pray. Hold on to them. Reassure them. Be their peace. Their confidence their salvation. We pray for those whose hope is wearing thin, whose patience is strained by the length of their waiting, for those whose eyes are tired of watching for the dawn, of working hard and seeing so little return. Renew their strength. renew their confidence give them endurance assure them that their work for you is not in vain you are faithful you will come through for them we pray for light to break on their horizons for your spirit to work something new Something bright. Something enduring deep within those places that seem the most hopeless. Thank you that you are the God of new beginnings. You are not predictable. Thank you for the way in which you intervene in our lives and our situations. For the ways in which you answer prayer. But our hearts are heavy we bring before you all those affected by the tragedy in Jersey this weekend. Those bereaved, injured, trapped, the rescuers. Be present with everyone in that situation, we pray. And we continue to pray for the people of Ukraine many of them freezing without power as their country remains under attack. Protect them. Rescue and deliver them, we pray. In this coming year, would you bring an end, a just and right end to this conflict, we ask. And we pray for those who are bowed down, those who are far from home, those estranged from their families, those who are mentally and physically unwell. Enable them to look to you and encourage their hearts as they do so, because we pray for them in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. And theirs. To want the one to whom all authority in heaven and on earth has been given. Amen. Everyone needs. the Baptist. Last week we thought a bit about him preparing the way of the Lord, preaching in the desert. But in Matthew 11, we see this great prophet of God languishing in prison. And Matthew only explains later on in his narrative what John is doing there. He'd had the temerity to tell his king that he had no business marrying Herodias, his brother's wife. This was an illicit relationship. According to Jewish law, it was actually incestuous. And John, outspoken prophet that he was, had not minced his words when denouncing Herod's behavior. Well, you didn't get away with saying that kind of thing about a king in those days. So John ended up being put in prison where he stayed, until his execution at the instigation of Herodias, the very woman he denounced. And it's while he's in prison that he sends some of his followers to check Jesus out. He knew well enough who Jesus was. John had, after all, baptised Jesus and at the time he'd recognized that Jesus was the one who would come, who would baptize people with the Holy Spirit and with fire. This was the man who was going to bring God's judgments on the land. Like a farmer clears the threshing floor at harvest time, gathering the good wheat into the barn, but the useless chaff would be consumed in an unquenchable fire. John could see it all coming, With crystal clarity. Even now, he said, the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the flames. It was good old-fashioned fire and brimstone stuff. And it put the fear of God into the hearts of the people who heard him. People came in droves to be baptised as a sign of their repentance. Turning away from sin. Putting their trust in God. But now, John finds himself imprisoned. Incarcerated by the very rulers who should have been swept away in this righteous judgment of God. But there they are, still in power. Untouched. Still doing everything wrong. John's confident predictions of the judgment of God haven't come to anything and he's not so sure, perhaps, now in prison. The certainties that propelled him when he was preaching and baptising, he feels those dissolving away. Perhaps it's the isolation. Sometimes we don't cope very well with enforced inactivity. When you're carried along and and you're working for God, you kind of, you, you feel the spirit with you. But when you're stuck, unable to do anything, that's really hard. Maybe he had too much time to think. In the darkness and isolation, his mind went into not good places. He became the victim of crippling doubt. If all this is real, if everything I said was true, if God was speaking through me, what am I doing here? Why do I find myself in this place? Maybe he, he was afraid it was just all some ghastly mistake, some divine con He devoted his life to a cause he no longer believed in. George Beasley Murray put his situation eloquently. What was Jesus doing? Puzzling things from John's viewpoint. Healing. Driving out demons. And what's his message of the kingdom? Beatitudes. Parables of the gracious rule of God. Prospects of feasting in the kingdom of God. Where was the thunder of judgment? Where was the rebuke of the wicked? Why this use of power over demons but not over evil men? Why did Jesus consort with them in their feasting? And why did he allow the prophet of God's righteous wrath against sin to rot in Herod's jail without a word of protest? Could this possibly be the Messiah? So he sends his followers To Jesus, what is going on? What are you doing? Did I make a mistake? Are you really the one who was to come? And Jesus' response is to send John's followers back to him in prison and say, Go and tell John what you see happening. Blind people seeing. Lame people walking. Deaf people hearing. Lepers being cleansed, the dead being raised, good news coming to poor people. These are all signs that God is present and at work to save his people through his anointed representative and ruler, Jesus. He was the right man. God was at work in him to bring his kingdom just not the way that John expected and however much John was going round and round in circles in his mind subjectively questioning everything outside that dungeon Jesus remained objectively real and at work just to make the point he doesn't disappear if people stop believing him he's real So Jesus encourages John to hang on in there, because there is a blessing reserved for all those who don't fall away, or give up, or turn their back on Jesus. The problem wasn't whether or not Jesus was the one John had expected and proclaimed. That he most certainly was. The problem was with John's expectations about what Jesus would do, how he would set about bringing God's kingdom into the world. The problem from John's point of view was that Jesus was more concerned with saving people from God's judgment than he was in bringing God's judgment down upon their heads. It was a message of grace that John had not anticipated. Yet John had been so sure, so utterly convinced that he was right. Uh, Unless you're a con artist, you don't preach the kind of sermons that John preached unless you are convinced of their truth. And John was utterly sincere in what he believed and in what he said. And yet now, he wasn't sure that he believed that anymore. And and maybe there are days when you. Find yourself teetering on the brink of that kind of uncertainty, that loss of confidence, that finding yourself in a dark and lonely place, locked up in a prison of doubt and not really sure what's real or true anymore. And if that's where you find yourself at the end of 2022, there are four things you can take from this passage. Firstly, you're not alone in this. You're not alone in having doubts. The experience is not unique to you. If it can happen to John the Baptist, who Jesus declares to be the greatest person who's ever lived, (laughs) then it can happen to any of us. The best of us. So don't beat yourself up over it. You're not alone. Other people greater and stronger than you have been there. Secondly, Jesus knows you better than you know him.
2: John wasn't
0: sure who Jesus was anymore, but Jesus knew all about John. He knew exactly who he was. Greatest prophet who ever lived. And he knows all about you. Exactly who you are. What your identity and calling are. He knows all about you. You may lose sight of him from time to time in the darkness, but he never takes his eyes off of you. And your security ultimately depends not on the strength of your faith, but on his faithfulness to you. And that is unshakable. And thirdly, recognise perhaps that the problem may be less to do with who Jesus is than with your expectations of him. Make no mistake, he remains real and at large, but Jesus has never and is never going to fit into our preconceived boxes of who he is or what he should do. He's bigger than that. More unpredictable than that. We don't control Jesus in any way, shape or form. Sometimes it's just we need to let Jesus be Jesus and not try and make him who we think he ought to be or do what we think he ought to be doing. It's not how it works. He's Lord. And lastly, don't give up. Jesus' promised blessing to those who don't turn their back on him is yours if you stay the course. It may be hard going at the moment, but he's promised that your faith will not be in vain. So put what little faith you may have in him, and he will do the rest, because he is, he always has been, and always will be the Son of God, your Saviour, from before the foundation of the world and for all eternity. Don't give up on him. He will never give up on you. Let's spend a moment in quiet Lord, if you've spoken to us today, keep the words in our minds and embed them in our hearts. Enable us to live by your promises to us, even in the darkness. We ask in your name. I've heard so many songs, let's stand and sing this together. Father invites you to a meal with Jesus to sit down and share bread and wine together and with him. This is the place of communion. This is the place of belonging. This is the place where the Father says, you are mine. And we say, Lord, I put my trust in you. It's our privilege to remember Jesus in this way. To celebrate the ultimate sign of God's love for us, the body of Christ broken, the blood of Christ shed. We see here evidence of God's commitment to us, and it's a chance for us to renew our commitment to him and to each other. It's also a place where we celebrate what it means to be God's family in this place. And we're going to receive William Finn into membership with us this morning, church. Membership is open to anyone who is committed to Christ and feels that this is the place where God has called them to worship and serve him. It's part of sharing in the responsibility for the life and work of the church and saying, yes, Lord, this is the place where you put me. These are the people who are my family. These are the people you're calling me to work with. And we're delighted that William's come and joined us and we're going to welcome him to membership today. William, just come and say a couple of words about yourself. Uh, I don't know what you've got to share, but share it with us, something about your faith and coming to Brighton Road. Please do. Thank you.
2: Hello. Hi. Hi. So um, I'm William, and I was brought up from a Christian family. Talk right into the microphone. Go ahead. Yeah. So I was brought up in a Christian family, and um, my grandma would help us go to church every Sunday. So... And then I got baptized in the Baptist Church around age 14, and then I went to school and joined the Baptist Union. So we help organize church services on campus, and um, during the long vacations, we usually select um, a particular area and then go share the word over there. Then we go home for the vacation. Um, so I'm actually from Ghana a testimony on how I got to come to the UK. So I got an invite to join um, a developer forum online. And then it's a place where people share ideas and have discussions. So if you're working on a project and you are stuck, you usually ask a question and you get help. So on the same platform, there's a, um, a section where jobs are advertised and applied to Initially I didn't get the job so I prepared a little more and then applied again and thank God I got a job so I had to relocate to the UK to start there bro. and uh, so that's how I mainly moved to the UK so I want to say thanks to the Lord for helping me move to the UK and also to my
0: Thank you. We are delighted to have you here with us. Can I invite you just to join me the front here? I'm going to ask you some questions, and I'm going to ask them some questions. But do you, do you declare your faith in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, having found your life in him? And do you believe God has called you to serve Christ as part of this local Baptist church? Fantastic. And do you commit yourself to love and serve the Lord within this church community? There's more to come. Within within this church community and in the world, and being filled with the Holy Spirit to fulfil your ministry here in the body of Christ with us. Fantastic, thank you. If you're a church member, can I invite you to stand, please? And let me ask you, do you welcome William into the family of God in this local church? Do you receive him as a brother in Christ, ready to hear and serve the Lord in him and to serve the Lord alongside him? William, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and on behalf of this fellowship, it gives me great joy to welcome you into membership with us. We're delighted that God has brought you to the UK. We're delighted that he's brought you here. Thank you for being part of our family and for all you're doing already amongst us. May the Lord bless you. Can I invite you all to stand, please? Thank you. Now, stay here. I'm going to pray for you. Father, we pray for William. You have guided him and brought him here. Thank you for the the way in which he was brought up in a Christian home. Thank you for the way in which he found faith personally in you. Thank you that his life belongs to you and for the desire and ability you've given him to serve you. Fill him with your spirit. Thank you that uh, you've brought him here. May we be a good family to him when he's apart from his own family back in Ghana. May his time in the UK be a time of of safety and growth, where he knows your presence, your empowering, your guidance. Do good things for him, we pray, while he's with us. Do great things through him, we ask, while he's with us. Bless him with the knowledge that he is your beloved child and our dear brother. We welcome him and we commend him to you in Jesus' name in the Lord, bless you. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. I'd like deacons to the serving communion to join me at the front. Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread and broke it and gave it to his friends and said, This is my body, it's broken for you. Do this to remember me. And after they'd eaten, He took the cup and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, to remember me. For as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not a sharing together in the blood of Christ? And the bread which we break, is it not a sharing together in the body of Christ? So we who are many are one body. Because we all share in the one bread. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for welcoming us. Thank you for including us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for giving your life for us. For giving your life to us. Thank you for the significance of this bread and wine. That as we eat the bread we express the way which we belong to your body because we share it together. As we eat the bread, we recognise that your body was broken. As the Savior of the world. And as we eat the bread, we thank you that you died to carry our sin, to be our Savior, to redeem us. Thank you for the wine that speaks of the gift of your life for us. Thank you for the sign of the covenant that says that we are your people. You are our God. You forgive our sins. You remember them no more. You remember them no more. Thank you, Lord, for the significance of this meal. And thank you for inviting us to share it with you and with each other. Fill us afresh with your spirit as we eat and drink. We ask it in your name. Body of Christ was broken for you. Can I invite you to eat the bread as you receive it? This cup is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Can I invite you to keep the cup so that we can drink together. So as an expression of our worship, we drink the cup. The blood of Christ was shed for you. Thanks be to God. few moments let's commend to God those who are on our hearts who need his grace. At the moment you may just wish to remember them quietly in silence. If you wish to speak their names out, do so loudly so we can pray for them. But Just for a couple of minutes in silence or just mentioning someone's name, just to commend to God's grace those who are in need of it at present. Lord, those we've named out loud, those we've remembered in our hearts, we commend to you. May your grace be enough for them, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can I just stand and we'll sing together, By faith we see the hand. each other to God in the words of the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit